Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I wanted to talk a little bit about the evolution of consciousness. The the notion about the 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 natural evolution of consciousness and and there's a couple of curious things about this topic that I really like and it, if you go out in nature um hopefully you you get a chance to visit nature on a regular basis but if you go go off the beaten path in other words if you go far enough into nature that you're um Surrounded by nature itself, there's no concrete, there's no public, there's no uh, power lines. I mean, I mean, delve into nature, go out, leave the, the the sidewalk, and go out into nature. And if you go into nature and just exist, just observe, if you will, watch nature do its thing. There's a curious thing that nature shows us that I think a lot of humanity has lost the the concept of and and that's what I'm talking about is the continuity of consciousness. Nature doesn't fret about the next moment or about tomorrow or about next week or about next year. Nature doesn't fret or worry about the continuity of consciousness. Nature continues. Nature proceeds. Nature does not have any worry or concern about the future, where in our human condition, it's it's quite common to, to have people that are very worried about the future, very worried about their um, how their life is going to go. They can be very worried about um, basically survival because in in the in our past, in the history of humanity, there's been such a strong um, threat to human life. There's been war. There's been dis-ease. I mean, it's, it's been a tough road for humanity. I mean, millions and perhaps billions of people have died in, in war and, and, like I said, disease and whatnot. And so our egos can have this sense of discomfort or unknowingness or not being sure about our future worried about our ability to, quote, survive, unquote. And the, the reason I bring this up is um, the stress that our egos put on us when we worry and we fret about the future uh, affects our entire body. The, the, the clincher about stress is that it affects every cell in our body instantly 
So stress is a very, very caustic um, mode to operate in. When we when we look at nature's example, like I said, go far enough into nature that nature, the the energy of nature, the chi, the the uh, where nature ha is the dominant, prominent um, environment. This is not um, at a city park so much, even though you can see signs of it, but. But the farther you go into nature, the peaceful, the more peaceful the consciousness is. And what, I mean, it's very easy to see in our human nature that um, a peaceful demeanor is not a very common trait in, in our, our human physiology or, or psychology, if you will, the dynamics of being human. And this stress does not serve us at all. The stress leads to all forms of dis-ease. The stress leads to um, taxing our body, taxing our immune system, lowering our ability to resist um, uh, dis-ease, and, and we end up getting sick. Stress is probably the... Um, indirect influence of all kinds of diseases. If our body is healthy, if if uh, if this vehicle, this human body that we have, is is genuinely healthy and um, energetically balanced and connected with the source energy within us, um, our immune system or or our ability to naturally uh, stave off any disease or um, illness that we might capture um, becomes much more pronounced. Uh, a very healthy, healthy human persona can go in all kinds of environmental conditions and not have a reaction to it of any kind. So this stress about our future that our egos project is a mental form of, of disabling our body, if you will, disabling our immune system. The, this mental construct, this worry about the future that our egos conjure up, and, and a lot of times it's from the memory of our past. And like I have shared, um, in the history of humanity, it's been, it's been a tough road. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to look back very far in our in our human storyline and not see um, huge atrocities, um, the, the pain and suffering that humanity has inflicted upon itself is substantial. So our so our egos can have a memory of this in our past, have a memory of this perhaps from even our own life. Maybe we had a a very stout um, bout with disease in our past where we got really sick in our past and and then we we um feel vulnerable we feel um uh vulnerable to to what might happen so if you think about a newborn baby in other words the day you were born the day i was born the day anyone was born we didn't have an ego 
And we didn't have this fret about the future. We didn't have this fret about what might happen. We didn't have this worry or concern. And when we talk about consciousness, sometimes consciousness is its own um, disease, if you will. The, the mental constructs, the mental beliefs that we can uh, develop or establish in our lifetime can literally be the source of our demise, if you will. If, if we live in worry and fret over time, and, and especially if we compound it by watching the news every day and, and then mentally run these paradigms in our minds when the news is off, well, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? Who's going to get elected? How's this going to go? How's that going to go? And we spend our time fretting about what might be. We're literally taking our consciousness and we're spending it. We're, in a way, we're energetically voting for what we don't want to happen. And um, and when it when that consciousness is spent in in worry and fret, we're literally uh, dumbing down our energy. We're literally lowering our vibration. We're literally collapsing our immune system. And when we talk about the evolution of consciousness, it, it we're really we're coming out of a, a momentum of the past, if you will. We're coming out of a storyline or a paradigm of the past that. Uh, um, it should be no surprise that that we have these mental constructs that we play over and over in our mind. I mean, life has been tough for so many people. I mean, how many people had a tough time with the uh, financial collapse in 2008? Where that really hit home? Where that really put your put a sense of struggle into your life path? Put a sense of well, how are we going to pull this off? How are we going to make ends meet? I mean, and that's and that can just be in this lifetime, but but the the memories of our past, and and we can take that past into past lives, and and remember times of struggle, remember times of heartache, remember times of difficulty. When you start off and look at this consciousness thing, how we spend our consciousness. Um, Nature doesn't fret about tomorrow. Nature doesn't fret about uh, what might happen. Nature is at ease with itself. Nature has no concern about the continuity of its own consciousness. So that's just a thought I wanted to put out there about um, consciousness because what we're going to talk about tonight the topic tonight being the little book of breathwork, and our guest tonight is Catherine Kerrigan. Um, the vehicle of breathwork to connect us with ourselves, to connect us with um, a deeper truth within us. I just wanted to kind of seed the conversation with that kind of a, a perspective about um uh, how c consciousness can influence how we w how we live our life. So our guest tonight is Catherine Kerrigan. 
She is a medical intuitive healer and Amazon number one best-selling author and host. She's the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. In her 26 years working full-time in natural healing, she has worked with clients all over the world to empower them to heal themselves naturally. And that's why I like... When you look at the how our own consciousness um, actually disabled our ability to stay healthy, actually disconnected us from our from our strength, actually, from our truth, from this uh, um, this inherent uh, knowledge that our that our bodies have. If you if you look at nature, and again, the farther out you go in nature, a more accurate uh, image it'll show you. Um, everything that grows um, has a natural harmony to it. The if you go up in the mountains, the the mountain meadow has grasses that are growing, and uh, and those grasses are at ease with itself. It knows how to be grass, if you will. It doesn't worry about the future of grass. It doesn't worry about the vulnerability of grass. It just is. And there's a sense of peace to that. So when we talk about the evolution of consciousness, the uh, I, th- I think the core um, understanding that w- we need to come to is to come uh, to find that place of peace, that place of rest, that place of knowingness within the core of our being, that place of knowingness within the core of our being, where we know the continuity of our own consciousness. Now, in in the human sense, there's been countless examples of NDEs, near-death experiences, where uh, Perhaps there's a car accident and the and the patient is taken to the hospital and their soul separates from their body and they can look down at the table and they see their physical body and they see the doctors operating and they can hear the doctors talk about if if the body is going to make it or not and then the body re- then the soul returns to the body and the persona wakes up and then they share the experience of a near-death experience, and they write books about it, and we've had plenty of them on our show. Then there's the actual um, death of a loved one, uh, where so- someone has died unexpectedly, and then through through uh, reconnecting with them, they get... They get assured. I mean, they talk to their deceased loved ones, and that that's a very common modality, um, typically associated with psychics, where they can be the bridge, or if they're the psychic themselves, they can have a conversation with a persona that has passed. So, and the point I'm getting at with near-death experiences and and talking to your relatives in the afterlife is the continuity of consciousness. Why is the continuity of consciousness important? Because if we talk about the evolution of consciousness, I suggest to you now that at this time in our life, at this point in our life, um, 
who we see ourselves, who we think we are, how we see ourselves as, quote, human beings living on this planet is going to get turned uh, uh, upside down. It's going to get turned on its head. Because when people recognize the truth that they are a, a timeless soul having a human experience, and how could I rephrase that? There, we're, uh, we're an immortal soul, if you will, in that, sure, your body can, can find its demise. You can experience a tragedy and die in this moment. But your consciousness continues, period, end of story. So the volatility, the notion that you, the persona of you, is volatile is, is false. There's no truth to that. Now certainly our egos can experience a death in that the, the persona of an ego that we've accumulated so far into our life, it can experience a death. In, in the sense that your ego is no longer operating with your brain. But um, just like with near-death experiences or talking to relatives in the afterlife, the, the, the essence of their consciousness is there. So the continuity of you is assured. The continuity of you is so assured that there's nothing you can do to mess that up. You have no choice. You have no say in your immortality, if you will. There's nothing you can do to change that. No matter what happens to your physical body, the continuity of your consciousness is assured. Do you get that? No matter what happens, the truth of you is safe. The essence of you is safe, period. So we talk about fret and worry about what might happen. We, we've talked about this idea that, oh my gosh, if something goes wrong, I might not make it. It's impossible for you to not make it. You, you don't have a say in the matter. You're going to make it no matter what, period. Your, your, quote, salvation is assured. Your salvation is assured. And there's nothing you can do about it. So you're safe. This is really good news. You're safe. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret about tomorrow. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret about whether you're going to make it or not. You don't have any say in the, ma in the matter. You are going to make it. So how does that relate to the evolution of consciousness? Well, in our past, we've had this survival mentality. And I tell you what, the survival mentality, while perhaps in the past has helped, helped us survive, so to speak, during times of war or famine or, or whatever, the survival mentality has, has helped us uh, extend our life on this planet as a human being in a single lifetime. And, and 
there's so much in our past where we really got ingrained in our in our consciousness this notion of survivability. Am I going to make it? Am I? And and the, to to hold that consciousness is the polar opposite. Is the absolute opposite consciousness of nature. Nature does not worry, nature does not fret about tomorrow, about the next moment, about what might happen. That's totally a human um, attribute, and it doesn't serve us. So when we talk about the evolution of consciousness, there's going to be legions of mystics and sages and alchemists that, that rise up out of the everyday people. And what's going to be a common attribute to those legions of sages and mystics and alchemists that rise up out of the everyday people. They're, they're going to know the truth of who they are as a persona of consciousness, as a point of presence of consciousness, as a node of the, uh, of the infinite mind of creation. There's no duality in that all of expression, all of creation... Every point of existence stems from source consciousness. You can think of it as there being only one mind or one heart. We are we are personification of of a of, of a seemingly separate personification of consciousness. You're listening to me talk now, and and you see me as the host, and you're the listener. But if you go to the center of you and I go to the center of I, we will find the same, exact same source consciousness. That's that divine spark within all of us. So when we talk about the evolution of consciousness, you want to be a game player? You want to, you want to get a jump on the, on the next realm of, of the the revolution of human uh, of our human story it's going to be those human personas those human beings those of us that can recognize and understand that we're safe we're a we're a soul personification of an infinite mind no matter what happens to our physical body we're safe and w- what's important about coming to to terms with that is you you can't really engage your potential. You can't engage your p- potential until you're at ease in your own skin. In other words, if you are not authentically grounded, authentically centered at the core of your being, you cannot manifest your full full potential. When we talk about a human persona operating at its full potential, using the mythology of our past, we use titles like sage or mystic or savior or an alchemist. These are the the nomenclature we use for human personas that have tapped a natural well of potential that exists in all of us. In the Western religions, uh, a very common savior is Jesus. And Jesus said, well, hell, you're going to do everything I'm going to do. Come on, belly up to the bar. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. But Jesus said, 
you're going to do everything I'm going to do. So start, start expecting to heal people. Start expecting to manifest miracles. At some point in your life, start to expect that because the same potential that exists within these examples of our mythology exists in you, exists in me. So how are we going to be able to embody this truth? How are we going to be able to energetically don this consciousness, if you will, if we're not even comfortable in our own skin? There's a there's a Garden of Eden within us. There's this ocean of peace within us. There's an, a natural presence of peace at the core of our, our being. And again, if you go far enough into nature and then just sit down and observe, you'll notice everything about nature is at peace with itself. Well, well, Les, what about a tsunami or a hurricane? Okay, nature can get pissed off, I give you that. Nature can have a destructive attribute, I get that. Nature can have forces so powerful that there's death in large scale, I get that. But as we've talked about, nobody dies in the sense of the essence of our being, the core of our being does not die. We were never born in that sense and will never die in that sense. But it's our human persona. It's this body of flesh. It's this this human body that our soul has inhabited and animated. And in this human body, we have... We have grown an ego. We have grown an ego that runs in the, the, the vehicle of our brain. And for so many of us, our ego consumes the vast majority of our consciousness. Our ego is such a busy mind that it consumes the vast majority of our consciousness. And so when we stare at our phones during the day, and uh, we don't allow any room. We don't allow any room for the inspiration of our heart and our soul to take any presence in our consciousness. And what do I mean by that? If your ego is so busy, if you have monkey mind all day long, if you live in this, in a fast-paced brain, if you will, all day long, the chances of your heart and your soul having sway in your everyday life is little to none. And why does that matter? Well, well, in the big picture, you're free to do whatever you want. Your ego can consume every damn thought for the rest of your life. Sure, it's quite clear egos are very good at consuming large amounts of consciousness over and over and over again for a very, very long span of time. The physics of consciousness is not going to stop your ego from consuming all the consciousness it wants to consume. But your ego sucks. Your ego sucks. Did I say that right? Yes, I did. Your ego sucks at being able to tap an infinite potential, an infinite variety of inspiration 
and then bring it into physical form as manifestation. Now, let's break that down a little bit. Your heart and your soul know about next week and next month. Your heart and your soul knows about everything before it happens. Everything happens energetically first. Uh, a great example of this is the the terrible tragedy in the in our in our American history the the day of 9/11. Uh, uh, a terrible tragedy that's known all over the world. How many people missed the bus that morning? How many people called in sick? How many people, for one reason or another, didn't make it into work that day? And and in those examples, do you think that was just happenstance, or do you think that their soul saw the dynamic that was about to unfold in the future, the dynamic that was about to unfold in the future and chose not to be part of it? Well, that's pretty damn cool. Well, I tell you what, your ego would never have caught that. Your ego can't see the future at all. Your ego, your your ego weighs everything with the past and tries to make safe choices based on what worked in the past. Talk about a tragedy. Your ego is very motivated to make choices about what to do in the moment based on what has worked in the past. So uh, to put it in another context, your ego is very good at choosing more of the same. Your ego is very very good at choosing, very motivated to choose choices where it knows it'll stay in control. Whereas your heart and your soul, well, well first of all, your soul, before you were even born, came up with a life purpose, came up with an intention for your life. And if you're living on planet Earth at this time, in in this paradigm of this awakening, the great awakening of humanity, if your soul saw that coming, and it did, if your soul saw the dynamic of what was possible in this chapter, and it did, and it chose a paradigm for you to live out, which it did, you have a potential life path that is that shows you fulfilling the intention your soul had before you were even born. Well, why is this important? Well, you have free will. You can do whatever you want. Whether it's important or not is trivial to your free will. Your ego can strong arm the rest of your life and none of your life purpose happens. Your ego can override every damn thing your heart and your soul comes up with and and your ego can can flounder and you'll come nowhere near operating at your full potential and the universe won't stop your ego we have fierce free will on this planet our egos can dominate our entire life but but and that's a big but no i'm not talking about that one the the ego that recognizes how totally cool your life would become would become if your ego stepped out of the way and opened up the consciousness if we just 
stop using our busy mind and creating spans of time where there's no thought, that creates a window of time where a sentence from your soul will stick out like a sore thumb. Where an inspiration from your heart will stick out like a sore thumb. But if you have busy minds, and there's a sentence that pops in from your soul, your mind will easily just keep right on running. Or what will happen is your mind will, will grab the thought and then analyze the crap out of it and talk about uh, a, a demise. So often it will look something like this. Your brain will be busy. Doing something else. You're unloading groceries from the car. You're doing the dishes. Your brain is doing something else. And a single sentence will pop in your head. Why don't you write that screenplay? And what will happen is your ego will grab that sentence and pull it up into your head and start bitch slapping it into oblivion. Well, who am I to write a screenplay? What would I write a screenplay about? I don't know what to do with a screenplay. What do you how do you even what do you do with one once you get a screenplay? And your ego judges the crap out of the inspiration from your soul. And so it kind of bitch slaps it into oblivion. Your soul analytically tries to quantify the inspiration from your soul as whether it's valid or not, and talk about laughable, to have an ego trying to quantify inspiration from your soul is felony at best. That's a tragedy at best. If, if you want to become more powerful in your own life, here's a very simple thing to do. Get a whole bunch of Post-it notes and put them all over the place. And when your mind is busy doing the dishes or unloading the groceries from the car, in a single sentence sentence pops up in your thoughts and you're sure that it is inspiration from your heart and your soul, stop. Stop. Don't have another thought. Go and write that sentence down. Write it down. Write it down exactly, exactly how you heard it. Maybe I should write a screenplay. There. It's ink on paper. Now your ego can bitch slap it into oblivion. Now you can trash it with your analytical, rational thinking. But it's on paper. The difference is there's permanence to it. And when your busy mind isn't so damn busy, like you get up in the morning and you're going for coffee and you're wondering if you should get a quarter or a gallon of it and you see that sentence, your busy mind isn't there to... to quantify it, and it gets reintroduced to your consciousness. If you didn't write it down, it won't get reintroduced into your consciousness until your soul inspires you, tries to inspire you again. So just simply writing down that inspiration. So we're talking about the evolution of consciousness here. So what do you reckon... What do you reckon? I love flipping things over. I love turning things over on its head. For example, uh, 
let's uh, karmic train wrecks. Um, we have a sing we have a single currency in our in our society. Talk about a train wreck. So we have we we have these this thing we call money, and we hang everything on the money. Um, where are you going to go to college? Well, where can I afford it? Where am I going to go on vacation? Well, where can I afford it? Well, what kind of a house you're going to live in? Well, what can I afford? Um, how much money we have or we don't have determines so much of what we do. Karmically, that's a train wreck because we turn around and we gamble. How felony is this? We gamble at what the value of the money should be. So we hang our whole life on the single syllable and then society drags it back and forth, and, and we get dragged through the weeds. 2008, the collapse in 2008 is a classic example. And just by the way, everybody who caused that is still sitting in the same offices. So we didn't fix anything. So let's turn, let's turn the, the karma of money on its head. If money decides everything, what would it look like if money decided nothing? where you could attend any college you wanted, where you could go wherever you wanted to on vacation, where you could buy, where you could acquire, let's take buy out of it, where you could acquire any house you wanted to. So, well, wait a minute, this is a fallacy. Oh, baloney. There's 100,000 trillion billion ways we could run an economy and we've tried one. Ha! Sorry, one. And and then we're going to say, if we don't do it that one way, we're fools. If we only do it that one way, we're fools. If we turn it over on its head and money made none of our decisions, what would it look like when we get up in the morning? Well, the idea of creation, consciousness, the evolution of consciousness is the evolution of expression. Consciousness wants to express. You are a personification of that consciousness. It's inherent in your nature because you are consciousness personified. It is inherent in your nature that you expand the arena of your expression. So you get up in the morning and you think, you know, I'm thinking a dark blue would look nice. You're not thinking about how. You're not thinking about the old paradigms. You're thinking about creation. I'm thinking that dark blue would just pop. Dark blue... I think dark blue is the color. And you go out into your shop and, and here's this project you've been working on and you've been trying to figure out what, what color would look nice, what color would just feel right to take this project closer to completion. And in that moment, you're inspired by your heart and your soul, dark blue, that's the thing. So you, you get dark blue paint and you start creating you start creating more of your inspiration. At zero point, at any time in the day, do you think of, well, can I afford it or not? At zero point, does, does money decide anything about your life? So you turn it on its head. So the reason I use this example is, let's take human consciousness. Human consciousness. So there's going to be legions. Uh, i got to watch time to make sure I, I wrap all this up in a graceful way. i got to use my consciousness 
to anyway. <laughs> so we've talked about worrying and fretting about the continuity of consciousness, where we spend some of our days, some of our thoughts, our ego spends it worrying about our survivability. And yet we've we've clearly outlined that the truth of us is untouchable by human intentions. This source consciousness is present with us now. It, will, it was there before we were born, and it'll be there after our death. We are safe. You are safe. I am safe. We are impervious to the intention of human beings. We are completely and totally safe from any intention from any human being ever. We are safe. So that brings us to a place of peace with our own, within our own persona. Do you think peace is going to help us tune into our heart and our soul? Remember that span of silence, that span of peace we had just a little while ago? From that place of peace, from living at peace in comfort in our own skin, the quiet, the stillness affords us the ability to recognize all of the inspiration of our heart and our soul, all of it. If you have busy mind, your soul will be lucky to get one thought in a week, one thought in a month. And even if it gets the thought in, your ego will will wrestle it to the ground. What if your soul could inspire you a dozen times a month? Or, okay, a dozen times a week. Well, okay, how about a dozen times a day? Well, okay, you see where I'm going with this. What if we lived in peace in the knowingness of who we were, timeless immortal souls that have donned a physical body to have the experience of being human? If we were to embody that peace, we'd be connected to the truth of us. Our souls are at peace. Our souls are not anxious. Our souls are not afraid. Our souls are not fearful. Those are all ego characteristics. Those are all ego characteristics that if we are embodying those ego characteristics, we are literally disconnecting from our heart and our soul because when we embody fear, we're literally disconnecting from our soul in the moment. So the evolution of consciousness in this next chapter of our human story Those human beings that can teach their ego the value of being still of being able to trust the inspiration when it shows up. Why didn't you write that screenplay? Damn yeah. I've got new inspiration from my soul. I don't have to vet it. I should I should start writing screenplays. What would that look like? I'll probably need paper or maybe a word processor. Where can I get one of those? Where we don't try to quantify or vet the inspiration of our soul. So what if our soul could inspire us a dozen times a minute, a dozen times an hour? We could go through our day being inspired a thousand times. 
by our soul that knows about next week and next month, that our soul knows about our life purpose, that our soul knows about what would make us happy. What? How would our ego feel if we wrote a screenplay and brought it to the to fruition? Here it's opening night of the screenplay you wrote. Remember the first time you were inspired to start writing screenplays? You'd never had that thought before in your life, and here you are, it's opening night. Your ego would feel ecstatic. Your ego would feel over the moon at what you've accomplished because you followed your heart and your soul. This next chapter of our human story, this next chapter, we're already seeing it. There's people walking around on this planet that are so connected to their soul, that are so connected to their soul that they live a soulful life. They live from a place of passion from their heart. And they're exceptional. And that's the that's the clincher. In this moment, they're exceptional. But in the future, the, it'll become more and more normal for people to live a passionate life, to live a, a soul-inspired life. They'll become much more mainstream. That's part of the evolution of consciousness, where the ego surrenders the repetitive patterning of worrying and fretting and pretty much wasting consciousness on thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions that have no value. When the ego can recognize, hey, maybe my life would be so over-the-top cool if I just stand down and open up the floor to that inner wisdom within us. That's how I came to write books. That's how I came to create a radio show. My soul, I'm around in six decades on the planet, and my soul is feeding me ideas like I'm 12 years old. My soul is feeding me this stuff, less, you ought to learn this and you ought to learn that. I'm like, what the crud? (laughs) I don't question it anymore. I understand that my brain has an elas- uh, 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 elasticity to it. My brain will will accommodate any way I want to stretch it. What I love about this radio show is we've interviewed the folks that have talked about the power of human conscious now for hundreds of episodes. So I know all of this is possible. I'm living it out, and I I intend for the rest of my life to expand my consciousness, to tune even more into my soul, to to awaken more of the passion of my heart. And as I do this, I shift from an ego-centered brain that, that worries and frets about what might happen to a brain that only tunes into inspiration and then takes that inspiration as action items as a as a impersonal to-do list. Your brain gets your ego gets off the hook. It's really quite very very graceful. Your ego is never designed to operate, to control, to plan, to relegate your life in any kind of powerful way. Your ego sucks at doing that. The, the, the design of the human persona, the inspiration comes from your soul and the passion comes from your heart and the action comes from your ego 
you get those three down where your ego only knows it fulfills the inspiration without question or concern, then the, the paradigm has been turned on its head. Then the you've gone from being a busy mind wringing your hands worrying about the future to a mind that fulfills the inspiration of your heart and soul in the moment, well, that's when your life goes soft and you can you can literally um, start to trust your ability to create. You can literally start to trust your ability to fulfill the inspiration of your heart and your soul. So do you, do you get that... When your soul shows you a dream for your life, it's a stepping stone. Your soul tries to pick a carrot. Why don't you write a screenplay? Now your soul's thinking, hopefully that's not too big of a sentence to freak the ego out. Hopefully that's a sentence the ego can actually engage and trust. And your soul's got a, a, a grand plan for your life, but if it shows, if it shows the whole thing to you all at once, your ego's going to say, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell, I, I'm a mere mortal. I can't do that. And so your soul kind of spoon-feeds you inspiration. Do you think your soul will change the inspiration once you start taking action on it? You betcha. Do you think your soul will get out the bigger plans of, of what's possible for your life when you start fulfilling the, the small step inspiration it puts before you in, in the moment, you betcha. You cannot exhaust the infinite stream of inspiration that is available to you as consciousness personified. In other words, because you are conscious, because you have consciousness within you, you have an inherent trait of inspiration. Attached to every source of consciousness is the ability to be inspired. The ability of higher consciousness to stream ideas and visions for your life into your persona. And then if you can get your ego to actually get efficient at fulfilling that inspiration then you can start operating at a whole different level. Then you can break all the paradigms of the mythology of our past. Then you can start operating at a level that's uncommon to our human persona. And you will be one of the first new humans living on the planet, new human living, the name of this radio show, You'll be one of the new humans that knows how to operate from the soul level day in and day out, that knows how to connect with the passion of their heart day in and day out, that knows how to trust the continuity of life so it has a sense of peace no matter what the headlines say. You know how many people would love to feel peaceful about life and yet all they do is watch the media and and start up mental engines of worry and fret and frustration and anger. We're at a very, very powerful crossroad for our human story. We're at a very, very powerful crossroad because those human personas 
that can tap to the the infinite wisdom within them and then and then master the art of bringing that into fulfillment they'll be the new humans they'll be the first souls living the new paradigm they'll be the first souls living the new human living paradigm on planet earth my show, my soul put me in front of television transmitters these big ass electrical <laughs> Very, very powerful, million watts. I mean, huge current, huge electricity. Our, our, our monthly electric bills was thousands of dollars. My soul put me in front of these these um, television transmitters so I could noodle the idea of what it meant to be powerful. Because I tell you what, you can stare at a television transmitter all day long and you won't know by staring at it if it's putting out power or not. You have to look at meters. Yeah, you have to look at indicators. You won't see the power that it's broadcasting out the antenna. Sure, everybody in the city can turn on their TVs and see a picture. And the more powerful the transmitter, the more people can turn on their TV and see a picture. So what is this power? What is this etherical, intangible power? Do you see a... a, a an analogy to what I've been talking about, being a powerful human being. My soul put me on this planet for me to put a Western language to describe in Western terminology what it means to be a powerful human persona. And you're not doing it right unless you're having fun. You're not doing it right unless you're enjoying life. You're not doing it in the way it was intended unless you're ecstatically happy about how your life is unfolding. We're not here to be um, shoulder to the wheel, you know, um, treadmill, busy, busy, work, work, busy, busy, work, work, busy bees. That is, that's, the, that's the ego mind version of being powerful. The new paradigm of power has nothing to do with struggle, has nothing to do with... Um, uh, something that you don't want to do where there's um, there's no passion, there's no excitement in your life. That's not what it's about. I created this radio show as one of the many different inspirations my, my soul has showed me to help people connect with the, the infinite well of power within their own being. I wrote a book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power. That's a great book for your ego to read. Citizen King, The New Age of Power is a great book for your ego to read so your ego can understand how totally cool it would be to get in better harmony with your heart and your soul. I wrote the book, Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, so your ego can't, won't be afraid of God anymore. So you'll understand the continuity of your own consciousness and how the divine is within you now. The kingdom of heaven is within you now. The Father and I are one now. Source consciousness is in you now. There's no time in the future when you're granted divinity. You're divine today. Forgiven sinner, God's last Savior, teaches your ego the power of that. If your ego is raised that this this intangible being outside of your persona is a source of power, 
God is the big-ass power, and we're just humans, and we're going to drag our ass until God, the big-ass power, decides to save our ass. Well, God ain't coming to save our ass. That's quite clear, because we are God personified. It'll be human beings understanding their own divinity and then coming into harmony with that. That's how humanity's going to save itself. I created this radio show. There's hundreds of episodes. We have talked to... <laughs> We have talked about every walk of life, every perspective, every point of view when it comes to the human persona, the human consciousness, this human archetype, if you will. Where's the power in our human persona? What's the power of our human consciousness? That's more or less the theme of this radio show, and we've interviewed, man, just uh, quantum physicists, um, Light workers, PhDs, shamans, um, yoga instructors, um, psychics, um, people who channel higher intelligence, um, biologists, epigenetics, doctors, and it's all been hinged around what is this notion? What is this notion of a human being, and where are the where are the hidden jewels within it? Well, you're a human being. You are listening to the show now. You have an infinite stream of inspiration in you now, in this moment now, and now, forever. You have an ego that can um, come into harmony with your heart and your soul. You have a life path that your soul has picked before you were born. You have a purpose for why you're here on earth. You start fulfilling those things. You start to come into more harmony with that. Start coming into more intention with that and start fulfilling that. You're going to open up your life. Your your consciousness is going to start expand, expanding. And when when your when your ego gets good at supporting that, when your ego gets good at supporting the inspiration by following it up with with action and intention, by, and your ego gets good at not being afraid of the passion of your heart, you can be the vehicle of the expansion of human consciousness. And I tell you what, there's no other feeling like that. Once you've tasted the fruit, there's no going back. Once you've tasted the fruit, there's no stopping it. You are that consciousness now, and you always have been, in every single incarnation that you've ever come to Earth. So do you want to show up in a more powerful way, in a way that your ego would enjoy, in a way that your heart would be happy with? Imagine going to bed at the end of every day, and your heart, your soul, and your ego are genuinely happy with what you've done that day. Your heart, your soul, and your ego are all genuinely happy from a deep sense of fulfillment, a deep sense of satisfaction. I tell you what, if you live in a busy mind all day long and your heart and your soul don't get any traction, your heart and your soul are not going to have that genuine feeling of satisfaction about your day and at the end of the day, the only thing you'll feel is what your ego has accomplished. 
which is always far short of what your true potential is. Life's exciting when you understand that it's infinite. Life is exciting when you understand that there's a vision in your life that you can't fulfill all of it. Even if you got expert, your soul will will intentionally expand the vision of your life for the rest of your life, no matter how much you can or can't show up. So say you could double, every day you could double how much you could show up for yourself. You could double it or whatever percentage that you believe possible. Because we don't want to piss your ego off because it will discount the whole conversation. So let's just say you could double it every day. So tomorrow you'll be twice as effective as you were today, and the day after that you'd be four times effective. Do you know your soul would adjust the vision for your life accordingly? Do you know that your soul would smile ear to ear and pull out the big plans for your life? Do you know what you would accomplish in a single lifetime would dwarf what the vast majority of our mythology has showed us as a typical lifetime for a human being on this planet? Do you see where I'm going with the evolution of consciousness? We're, our mythology shows us pretty much rookies outside of a handful of saviors and, and exceptions to the rule, and all of those have encouraged us to belly up to the bar to do what they've done. The evolution of consciousness is largely untapped on this planet. The evolution of consciousness is largely has not been personified by human beings on this planet. So when you recognize the reason you're here as a divine idea of your life, how cool is that? Your soul wants you to be happy. Your soul wants you to enjoy your life. Your soul wants your ego to feel ecstatic. Your soul wants the passion of your heart to express itself untethered. Can you pull that off for yourself? New Human Living's here to help you do just that. We don't want to we don't want to get in between your heart and your soul. We just want to help you show up for yourself. We don't want to tell you what to think or believe. We just want you to clarify what you think and you believe. You want to be a new human living? Hey, if you're listening to this episode, your hat's in the ring. We're here to help. <laughs> We're out of time. It's always a pleasure spending this time with you. Trust in your vision. Love yourself. Show up for yourself. Honor the reason you're here, if you so choose. But you know you have free will. You can do whatever you want. It's always been my pleasure spending this time with you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. I appreciate you showing up for yourself. Thanks for this time. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.